Jackie Strano. Welcome to Trans Station Radio, where art and music go beyond the label. So happy to welcome you to the Trans Station Radio on the Michelle Miao Show. We're proud to be on Progressive Voices, and they're committed to bringing you this programming. So on today's show, we welcome the fabulous Shauna Virago. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Thank you. It's it's really great. It's uh, nice and early. Yeah. For me, but thank you. you. You awake? You refreshed? You had some coffee? You're good to go? Yeah. Um, is it a, if I might slurp <laughs> into the microphone <laughs> with my coffee? That's okay. I got my slurp over here. Right on. No, I'm so happy to have you. I, d- I want to read a little bit from your formal bio, if you don't mind. Oh, sure. So we'll make sure everybody truly knows. I didn't write it. That's okay. Shauna Virago is a transgender trickster celebrated for her striking lyric-based songs. Her music twists together folk and punk, offering raw observations about survival in a predatory world, queer love, and sticking up for the underdog. Virago is celebrated as a music pioneer. She was one of the nation's first openly transgender women to perform and tour nationally, and has performed as an out-trans woman since the early 90s. We remember that decade, don't we? Yes. yes. <laughs> I've always admired you, and I've loved Shauna as a fellow performer about town, a musician. Uh, I've seen you play quite a few times, and um, always riveted by your your songwriting, and uh, just love your music. You have this great new CD out, uh, Heaven Sent Delinquent, and we're going to talk more about that, too. But... Um, we're just going to get down to the nitty-gritty. Okay, let's do it. Are you ready for this? I've, uh, yeah, I've been <laughs> taking boxing classes. I'm ready. <laughs> ready for anything. Yeah. So let's let's get into the creative process. Okay. Uh, talk songwriter to songwriter here. Tell me tell me about the album, uh, the CD, as mm-hmm. the young kids call it. Um, what was what was the recording process like for you? Um, well, it. Like, where did you record it? Right. First off? I recorded it here in San Francisco. I uh-huh. seem to be one of the last of a certain generation of queers that, because of rent controls, still live here. Yeah. And I was able to That's record awesome. it, yeah, at um, two places here in town, um, Women's Audio Mission. Oh, right on. Yeah, and also Tiny Telephone. Okay. Both cool. in the mission. And um, with a good friend of mine, as the engineer, Laura Dean, okay, who's also um, a non-binary person, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've worked with them many times over the years, actually, mm-hmm. and so it, it's very comfortable mm-hmm. to work with them. And uh, it is available on vinyl as well. Oh, that's awesome! So you recorded on tape? You uh, analog? S- we. We mix it onto tape. Nice. The next one we started to kind of work on it a little bit is going to yeah. be completely analog. Awesome. Yeah. So you can hear that warmth, you know, that can't be duplicated any other way. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, and I love the ritual of going into a studio mm-hmm. versus recording like in your bedroom or something. Mm-hmm. I like to to know that there's a, a sound booth mm-hmm. and there's somebody that knows what they're doing on the other side mm-hmm. and you get to just be the artist and really focus on your your music. Awesome. How long did it take you to record everything? Um, because of budgetary realities, it took yeah. me about two years yeah. to actually record it. That's standard. Yeah, mix process. it, get it mastered. Right on. It was mastered also by... Um, 
another queer, wonderful, mm -hmm. uh, talented mastering engineer, Piper Payne. Right on. So I felt, v you know, really lucky because I, I've had horrible experiences um, mm. with cisgendered kind of mm -hmm. straight guys mm -hmm. in the studio. It's sure. so loaded. They don't know no. what to do with me. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. I've had the same experiences, and then when I find those folks that you, you really uh, click with and you, you tend to want to keep working together, you know, and they get you, they get your EQ, and they get what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. And also what I like working with Laura Dean is they um, – well, they're about 20 years younger than me. Mm -hmm. um, we just intersect on a couple places. Like mm -hmm. um, they're from the South. Part of my childhood was from the South. But mm -hmm. also um, they are, they're kind of a, a, a punk mm. from, you know, a mm -hmm. couple generations sure. after uh, you and I were punks. Sure. So right. it's, it's kind of cool to have those conversations That's about great. new bands and old bands. That's great. Yeah. And um, so mastering, just for a second, did you, were you part of the mastering process as well? And, or did you kind of hand it over and say, I trust you? I, I handed it over. Yeah. Um, I, I knew that they're really already really talented. That's awesome. And um, had, yeah, I had no concerns with that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, was, it was a leap of faith mm -hmm. as well. Sure. But um, one of the th my, insights on this record was this mantra of good is good enough mm. all along mm -hmm. so i had little rules like um i will only play two versions of the song mm. i'll only do three takes of the vocals wow i didn't want to overdo it sure because like you know it's you only going to be so much better raw feeling yeah, yeah or so much worse yeah and i felt like that also with the the mixing and the um, mm -hmm. the mastering process, hopefully your listeners will appreciate this very uh, nerd like <laughs> recording conversation we're having. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I love that stuff so much. No, mastering is important. I think a yeah. lot of folks, like you said, you know, they're gonna do a quick song in their bedroom. Uh, you know, maybe a cover tune, they'll hashtag it out on YouTube. And yeah, it could go viral. That's awesome. And I want some of my, I've discovered some artists that I truly love that way. But there is something to be said of that process. And, and I do love it, have been through it myself. And for folks out there that don't know anything about it, yes, you record, then you mix, and then you master. Yes. Because you must have it broadcast quality. So, you know, mastering can break or make it sometimes. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we can nerd out all you want. I love it. Yeah. This. And you, you can, the mastering doesn't have to take away your, if you, depends what you love. Absolutely. If you love like really direct, raw human music, right? It doesn't have to dilute that. I, absolutely. It can help that actually. Well, and so many devices, you know, <laughs> compress the files a certain way and and like you said if you're going to do analog tape to, you know you have that full like fat as in phat <laughs> like warm fm sound you know you could go through a mastering process that compresses the crap out of that and then all of a sudden it's like wait wait you hate your life right right totally. so very cool to hear and it's such a great album Thank heaven you. sent delinquent is the name of it, it it's uh We'll, we'll talk more about where to find it and all that good stuff toward the end, but uh, brava, brava. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. Um, 
And and what made you decide to do the vinyl route as part of it? Um, I felt I wanted it the I wanted the for me I I can it's like I use the word album for it. Yeah, it's a collection of songs that I f- I feel um, comprise sure. kind of a story that needed to be together, and I wanted to make sure that um, there were enough formats for different the different audiences, okay. the different audiophile audiences. Mm, got it. Because I know a lot of people. I also have, um, you know, people can download it obviously digitally. Sure. Sure. I have digital download cards. Sure. Uh, CDs. Love it. Vinyl. I have a vinyl. Uh, the first single, Gender Armageddon, uh-huh. is only on vinyl right now. I th- oh, no, it's not. But I made a vinyl 45. Mm. And on the back side, I have uh, one of my older songs called Tranimal that right now That's is not. Song. Thank you. Not available yet. Sure. Online. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, even so much retro is coming back again, and you have devices that can simultaneous play or play it to CD or what have you if it starts on vinyl. And also cassettes are making yeah, a comeback. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> Which I'm like, what? And hey, I still have some of those old boxes. I'm not getting rid of the tape yet. It can disintegrate no. in my my dirty hands. But yeah, um, yeah. my kid got an 11 year old was like yeah i heard about this thing cassette it was like wait nice. what <laughs> <laughs> um so you're an anthem writer you've written some anthems objectified was one of the songs right. good memory great song and and did you do that on purpose the the lyrics thinking you know you want to resonate with a bigger audience or how did that go about for the songwriting process um as you know i was saying before we recorded i'm probably the worst guest you'll ever have because I, <laughs> I you come know, with a warning label yeah well I've, I've been on these panels and uh you know trans queer art panels and sure. people ask these questions on basically what advice can you give me or what advice do you have sure. for younger people and um you know I, I'm grateful like I didn't really have anyone to give me advice mm-hmm. in any overt way mm-hmm. and so it's it then it becomes also tricky to talk about things that are um, sometimes so spontaneous. Right, and, and personal. And personal, and not always a lot of premeditation involved. Right. So I I don't think of myself as an anthem writer, but I now that you brought it to my attention, mm-hmm. I think of myself as an anthem writer. There you go. Amazing. Light bulb moment. Thank you. See, the magic wow. happens here. No, it's great. <laughs> Trans Station Radio. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to well, put that you know, in my the, bio. The personal is political, you know? It's it's like you can be overtly personal, and, and you find, my goodness, that resonates with many. And it can go across everything, you know, uh, race, gender, age, all of it. So yeah. um I, I you know, I like I said, I've always loved your music and it, it seems uh deeply personal um a lot of times and not necessarily that you're that you're confessing or a confessional revelatory mm-hmm. type of writing, but definitely speaking to that survivor grit, you know, yeah. um against adversity. Um, you know, you mentioned you're from the South, uh, partly. Does that have a lot to do with 
growing up for you and your background or the region of the country where you're from? Um, um, well, I moved around. My family moved a lot. Yeah. My parents um, are um, basically they never they never really grew up. They're almost eighty, mm. and they were always kind of searching for that pot of gold. Mm. Because we're white, mm-hmm. they were allowed to move across the country, mm-hmm. you know, in a car, mm-hmm. like with the twenty-two rifle mm-hmm. next to my dad and mm-hmm. the dogs and the kids, and we weren't going to get pulled over by the police. And mm-hmm. question: Why isn't there a permit for the rifle? So right. we um, we lived. I lived in several states, but also um, Southern California, mm. a lot of um, nameless towns there mm-hmm. and so I also resonate with uh, kind of the LA punk rock scene as okay. well because I went through that and mm-hmm. but I think what I the LA punk rock scene also there was a this intersection with uh, a lot of country music right and so I do Absolutely. feel yeah so I did also being in the south I also did hear a lot of country music on the radio mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. a lot of country stations so Charlie Rich, Johnny mm-hmm. Cash, mm-hmm. you know, all these great artists, mm-hmm. Loretta Lynn. Absolutely. Um, Tom T. Hall. Mm-hmm. And so that, to me, was very important. And uh, Glenn Campbell, mm-hmm. you know, well, I think so it's story great. songwriting. Definitely. I mean, a lot of stories, yeah. And uh, then the L.A. punk scene and my all-time favorite heroes, X. I love X. One of the, I mean, great, greatest yeah. Bands ever, absolutely. You know, they really had a love for country music and rockabilly music. Oh yeah. And so I think, but I think that came. Those were some of the influences, and I think thinking about like as you said, story songs, and Mm -hmm. um, but also I think for me being a trans person of a certain age, Mm -hmm. kind of predating the moment that we're sort of having with a lot more trans visibility, mm-hmm. I felt, for me, it was important to write, like, some songs that I felt really were more, a little bit more in your face about yeah. being trans. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's where some of that comes from. Right on. And still writing for a certain generation of transgender people mm-hmm. that I think history's sort of forgotten. Absolutely. And, you know. Yeah. There you go. No, it's it's so true. I mean, there's struggles everywhere, and for everyone, and every person's story is different. But to absolutely <clears throat> be able to capture uh, the perspective from that time um, and that era, and and to bring it forth in your artist artistry is is a beautiful thing. And and I love that you are able to translate that a little bit because, like I said, I think you know being overtly personal can be more general and peop- more people will resonate with it. But uh, there's a lot of your songs that I think are, are definitely anthemic for everyone. But in particular, um, you know, younger trans kids who maybe didn't go through a lot of the struggles yeah. or a lot of the same era, or, you know, we're talking pre-internet, pre- yeah. <laughs> pre-YouTube. It's still it's still very real and vital and and so you know just again congratulations on on such Thank a beautiful you. collection. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, objectified is for my last album from a few years ago, mm-hmm. and that song was also thinking about the, this 
conundrum, this complication for a lot of trans women, mm. kind of finding themselves kind of trapped mm -hmm. in this kind of beauty ideals, beauty myth. Mm. Of course, largely, again, white supremacist, racist, European mm -hmm. beauty standards. But, um, and so that song was, but also I've seen non trans women, cisgendered women like that song because it, it's definitely about the the sort of no win mm -hmm. place when you've internalized or constantly based on your your physical attributes. Yeah. And I think as far as the gender binary goes, I, I think that it's one of the things that so many women have internalized. Mm. And I think I'd like to see that as another place the gender revolution happens of just getting rid of that mm -hmm. because it's you can't win. No, it's it's a dead end street, and I think it's just you see it. It's so normalized mm -hmm. that people don't even know. Like so much of your your self hatred is because of this crazy system that was put on you. Absolutely, on this luxus system. Absolutely, but. Yeah. Yeah, a lot with age around that too. And I want to. We're going to talk a little bit about your lyrics that that talk about stuff like this because I love the busting, smashing the gates of heaven, left with heels, and I, it, all I of it's so great. So uh, this is Jack Strano on Transstation Radio we're talking with Shauna Virago. We're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. Many nonprofits rely on events to raise money, create space for community gathering, and offer opportunities to network. But how many hours in a day do community leaders have when they're busy changing the world? Imagine your next event, gala, festival, or celebration professionally executed with creative ideas and ideals to match your community service. IDK is the community's trusted event production company. Visit idkevents.com for all your event production needs. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on on Facebook. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. On the Progressive Voices Facebook page, we update the stories that our hosts like Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Bill Press, and Leslie Marshall will be talking about during their shows. And we share great news, commentaries, opinion pieces, and videos from all over the progressive world. Always progressive, always on. Be part of the progressive conversation. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. Welcome back to Transstation Radio, where art and music go beyond the label. I'm Jack Strano. Thanks for listening. If you just tuned in, we're talking to the fabulous Shauna Virago on Transstation Radio, being hosted by the Meow Michelle Meow Show on Progressive Voices. 
Um, so we were we were talking about some of your writing, in particular some of your lyrics, uh, and I just love the refrain from Gender Armageddon, smashing through the gates of heaven. I just, what, where is that from? Did that just come to you? Is that, is that a poetic symbolism of something actually, you're talking about a particular person? Um, yeah, actually I, I am talking about a particular person and it's uh, my friend Christopher Lee, mm. the filmmaker who um, yeah. passed on a few years ago and you know, cutting edge filmmaker and yeah, um, loved Christopher. Yeah, and that's kind of a phrase that if you knew Christopher, that would make sense. And mm -hmm. um, I think he and I, our friendship was sort of based on, um, I think, kind of just being outside a lot of transgender community norms, mm -hmm. um, just uh, causing trouble and mm -hmm. smoking cigarettes and mm -hmm. going for drives and mm -hmm. metaphorically rousting people you nice. know nice and uh all kinds of you know questionable hijinks as far as legality went and <laughs> i was just right I, I i had a lot of mixed feelings about his death yeah you know and i i really loved him and um but i i wanted to capture kind of a like almost like an on the road bravado that you get between like uh, the two main characters in the on the road novel mm, beautiful like Jack Kerouac and then yeah. Neil Cassidy yeah. and um, yeah and there's I think there's a mixture of, of feelings in, in that song as well mm -hmm. some anger mm -hmm. sadness but also I think um, I just wanted something that immediately said like kind of a rebellion mm. Mm -hmm. Almost in a rebel, like a classic, like almost 1950s rebel without a cause, mm -hmm. the hot rod. and Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I love cool. it. I, I listened to it quite a bit, actually, recently, knowing you were on the show and, and you know, that you got the album done. Um, speaking of Christopher, you, you know, this multi-talented thing, you're also the artistic director of the San Francisco Transgender Film Festival. Right. Which you know, has a tie to Christopher, you want to speak a sure. little bit of that? Well, uh, Christopher and uh, our friend Alex Austin mm -hmm. started um, Tranny Fest mm -hmm. in 1997, which uh, w was the world's first trans yep. film festival. Mm -hmm. And then um, being friends with them, I they brought me on around 2002 and then um, 2003 became one of the co-directors, mm -hmm. so I've kept it going, and yeah, uh, and trying to be. I'm not a very pragmatic person, but uh, as far as I would write, try to write grants, and mm -hmm. people had no idea what Tranny Fest meant, so mm -hmm. I changed the title mm -hmm. to make it really obvious right. what we're asking money for, and it's kind of it kept it going, and um, really try to keep kind of a DIY spirit alive there. Mm -hmm. And I, I have zero interest in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. And we have more people from the entertainment industry that think we'd be interested in some of the projects right. they want to screen. It's like, if it's great, sure. But really, we want to make a place for people who are mm -hmm. making films on their, their mini DV cameras still or 
their, their phones, their iPhones, yeah, you yeah. know, and yeah. and keep it sort of a community place. Yeah. And I forget that a lot of people don't really go to movie theaters anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of one of the few times some Out. people ever go to a movie theater. Uh, absolutely. I yeah. mean, I know that doing our stuff back in the day is just the first time a lot of people are gathering in a theater together to see something that's that's different content that they may not have access to. Yeah. You know, in other places. So yeah. I think, you know, it's a huge community endeavor um, and another avenue that you're providing for for uh, folks of all stripes to to speak of something in the non-binary world. It's Definitely. Awesome. Have you taken it on the road at all or you keep it in San Francisco? We just keep it here. Yeah. You know, keep I keep it local. Yeah, I, I mean, I um, I think I was born burnt out, you know, <laughs> and I, I can relate to that. <laughs> and I'm I, I'm kind of a, I do live on the couch more or less. So yeah. uh, just getting it done every year is such a is a miracle. It is a miracle. <laughs> it's a real miracle. Well, I love the DIY spirit that it has, um, you know, it definitely uh, retains that flavor. I think Christopher would still be very proud. So yeah, I think, I you've think done so. A great job. And and what's the website really quickly if people can find more about it? Um, SFTFF.org. They could type San Francisco Transgender Film Festival. And, and they'd go to it. Yeah. And we actually um, have just sent out a call for submissions. Okay. So we're start trying to get that. And I have um, my, uh, my friend... Um, Eric Garcia helps with a lot of the mm -hmm. behind the scenes stuff. And he also uh, works with Sean, my partner, Sean Dorsey, and the dance company. Mm -hmm. And Eric is a millennial. And so we love millennials. I know. He gets so much done. He's a computer genius. And we love that. And he's like on it. Like yeah. Shauna. We yeah. need to have six months. I think I've even interfaced with Eric via email. Like yeah. With Good Vibrations sponsoring Fresh right. Meat Festival that Sean puts on. So, I mean, yeah. He knows. He, are he you are you partnered? Are you married? Are we, you, you, you just. With Sean? Yeah. What's your status symbol? Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. He's my love. I, I love you too. You're, you're just amazing. Yeah. Amazing power couple of the arts. Um, uh. we'll give a shout out to Sean Dorsey, yeah. Fresh Meat Festival. Who has his, uh, his, Season dance concert is coming up in May. Wonderful. People can go to SeanDorseyDance.org. Loving it. And but, you know, and I, I'm, this is like people like, uh, these damn old queers. But, uh, of course, I saw the, uh, I saw your band play at El Rio in like 1995. <laughs> when dinosaurs roamed the earth. I was there and I. We were there. I think, uh, what was that band called? Um, Ginger at Coyote's band. Oh, oh, uh, White Trash Debutants. I think they might have opened up for you guys. Is that Yeah, sound that about sounds right? about right. I oh, got, God. The and good I, old El Rio. And I was hanging out there watching you all and then uh -huh. hanging out with Jimmy Crucifix. Okay. From Lennon Studios. Uh, yep. Yep. And uh, of course, there are many times. Then I bought Femme's Guide to the Universe. And there's Charlene. So many. Executive producer of this show. Well, you know, I thank God uh, for tips on dealing with, can I say, Butney <laughs> on the <this> show? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't mean to embarrass anybody, but uh, that was groundbreaking. 
I love it. Your band it. and the book. <laughs> Definitely. I'm telling you, we're here to serve. No, because I want to talk about <laughs> being a, in a creative partnership and what's that like. But we're gonna we're gonna have a little break uh, talking with Shauna Varaga. We're gonna listen to some of Heaven Sent Delinquent as we go to break. <laughs> Club is a unique organization that brings together people from a variety of backgrounds to explore important issues as a community. Sooner or later, everyone worth hearing comes to our stage. From Marga Gomez to Richard Chamberlain, from James Hormel to Kate Kendall, leading thinkers, activists, politicians, and artists have come to the Commonwealth Club of California. Ted Olson and David Boyes came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington. From healthcare reform to transgender rights, from immigration to gay-owned businesses, it's all at the Commonwealth Club. And that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year, with new programming nearly every single day. Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at commonwealthclub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face-to-face -face with today's thought leaders. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. Welcome back to Transstation Radio, where art and music go beyond the label. I'm Jack Strano. Thanks for listening. If you've just tuned in again, we're talking on Transstation Radio, being hosted by the Michelle Miao Show on Progressive Voices Network. And I'm so honored to have singer, songwriter, extraordinaire, multi-talented and fabulous Shauna Virago on the show today. We've been talking about a lot of stuff, but where we left off before and I want to get back to is being in a creative partnership. Like there's, there's two people 
in the house that do a lot of things. Uh, how is that? How is that for, for you and Sean? Um, I think it's, it, it's really great. It works really well. Yeah. I think it works because um, Sean is an emotionally regulated human being. It's a beautiful thing. Which, when I met him, was like a breath of fresh air, a realization that you could actually be partnered with somebody mm -hmm. who wasn't a crystal meth taking psycho. <laughs> that you could, who knew? You could actually somebody who was, you know, spiritual yeah. and emotionally yeah. solid, yeah. and actually realized there was two truths involved, two points of view. Beautiful. And to share yeah. that, so I think uh, that is. I feel like I won the lotto, mm. like the like the spiritual lotto, getting to Sweetness. be with him. You know, I yeah. mean, he's just. He's so talented. Yeah. And he's very generous. And he is humble. And yeah. he uh, puts Sean's up with awesome. me. Because, like, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not as well regulated as he is emotionally. So I think it's a good. Shar's my regulator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good match. No, you it's gotta good. Have, you, you gotta have both. You gotta have it. Oh, yeah. You gotta have both. Yeah. You need a little. You need a little fire, a little tension. You gotta have. You know. You yep. gotta have some arguments. Oh yeah. It's really actually can be healthy. No, it's very true. We argue every day. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. <laughs> you you guys are angels and demons. Oh yes. Or demons and angels. Even our Angel kids demons. will like call us out on it, which is you know we we're not dysfunction that way. It's not how I grew up. But yeah, no, our kids are very, very. Uh, we don't fight quote unquote in front of them but no I totally right. know what you're saying it's 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 you got to regulate and to find that that connection and I love you know that you you two are so creative and and have so many things going you seem to complement each other very well that way so yeah yeah it's a beautiful thing cool thank you so back to some music okay I want to I want to hear more when did you start playing guitar um I started playing guitar when I was uh 15, mm -hmm. which was 40 years ago, mm. 55, mm -hmm. and I mentally began playing guitar probably f when I was four or five years old. I mean, I knew I was always going to play the guitar. You knew at a very young age you were musical. We always. do songs. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. That I knew that I felt that was, uh, it's the only thing I cared about. Mm. I mean, I feel listening to music got me through childhood, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. crazy family, yeah, I know school, that mm -hmm. it's horrible, mm -hmm. and just having um, music mm -hmm. was like the godsend. Mm -hmm. And how or when did you, whether using music or knowing music was the vehicle, like taking the reins of your life and creating your own destiny? Like how did that kind of, or where, or when did that crystallize for you? Mm -hmm. um, I never th I never thought I'd do anything else, mm -hmm. really. I never thought about doing, well, I never thought about doing anything. So anything else was <laughs> not even ha gonna happen as well. <laughs> I but love it. Yeah, I never thought, I'd, I never thought uh, 
there just there weren't any there wasn't a path mm-hmm. I didn't find a path mm-hmm. um, until uh, quite honestly I think um, I have this uncle who he's about 12 years older than me mm-hmm. and so I grew up in the same house with him partly in my childhood and he was going through the whole uh, 60s music revolution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I so I heard all kinds of great music because of him. That's awesome. all the classics: the Beatles, Stones, Dylan, mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix, Ike and Tina Turner. And you'd be figuring them out on your guitar. It was just there. Yeah. And yeah. then I, um, through him, hanging out one day in his place, um, when I was fifteen, he just in one afternoon had all these punk rock albums on import. So I heard the Sex Pistols, I heard the Clash, mm-hmm. I heard the Damned, mm-hmm. um, some other punk bands, and it was just like a, it was like an instant revolution in my mind. That's awesome. Yeah, and I feel. Were you in California at this time? Yeah, I was in California, okay. and so it changed everything. Mm-hmm. Like I would almost like overnight. Mm. I think mm-hmm. it was just it made. That music spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would felt like um, kind of an awakening. Something I was gonna say. Something woke up inside you. Yeah. You know, and I know other people that are about my age, mm-hmm. like uh, Henry Rollins or Mike Ness, mm-hmm. will say similar things. Mm-hmm. And um, there was just no going back. Right. I think from from that. When did you start performing? How old were you? Um, I was probably, uh, I mean, I had bands in school, so maybe, maybe 17. That's awesome. Played for a couple years. Yeah. And then was playing in clubs mm-hmm. by like 18 and mm-hmm. just kept going. And when did you get to San Francisco? That was early 90s or? Yeah, earlier? it was early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So I've been playing kind of different LA scenes and then uh-huh. I moved up here and I had come up here a few times and was aware of some of the music going on mm-hmm. as well but um, what's one of your favorite spots or performing experiences outside of San Francisco or traveling and touring um, outside of San Francisco uh, well I had a I had a great show in um, Missoula Montana right on yeah it was I've had this strange phenomenon. I realize that a lot of my demographic are uh-huh. like these straight guys who love like cow punk or uh-huh. Americana music. Right on. Or older lesbians. Right on. Who love country music. That's awesome. And they were both happen to be there. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, these are my people. <laughs> these are my these people. Are, this is my Missoula. musical. It's really hilarious. That's awesome. Yeah. And, so. and this was on the, when was this, supporting this album or no, before? It was, uh, I don't know when that was, maybe 2010 or something like that. But the thing about, um, I feel like punk music for me from the, mm-hmm. the late 70s mm-hmm. and going through that, mm-hmm. to me, I, I think it was way more important than a gender revolution, hmm. in my case. Mm-hmm. Gender, gender is number two. 
-hmm. But I think um, that set me on a path of questioning authority, mm -hmm. how to live your life, mm -hmm. ethics, and ethics. How to what does it mean to be a white person in a white mm -hmm. supremacist culture? Mm -hmm. Questions um, I maybe wouldn't have answered or mm -hmm. asked before. Wow. That's that's very cool. And so, like fifteen, yeah, was that revolution, that epiphany, definitely. And and any kind of coincidence with a, a gender epiphany at that point, or that was just all along. Yeah, the gender uh, kind of quote it it um, was a parallel path mm -hmm. with music from also like four or five. Mm -hmm. I. It was something I was always thinking about. Mm -hmm. And I feel I, I saw um, Christine Jorgensen okay. on TV, like on the Dinosaur show. I must have been like eight years old. Yeah, because we're almost the same age. I remember that era. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is possible. Yeah. There was a path. There was, again, there was another path yeah. to live your life. Right. And I would see her after that for several years. And, um, then there were people, um, there's a few books, you know, Renee mm -hmm. Richards had a book mm -hmm. that came out. That's who I remember. Yeah. yeah Cause I'm 51. It was Renee. Yeah. That's the one that I remember seeing on TV. It was a big deal. Her that's book. Whatever her, I can't remember her Renee Richards. There was some special I remember seeing her on. Okay. That I'm thinking of in particular. Well, she know, she was a tennis player, and right, there's all right. kind of controversy about. Maybe it was the Inquirer first, and uh -huh. then there was like a Phil Donahue or something. Yeah, because my Donahue. my grandmother had something I'd always read, and I, I mean these people were uh, just groundbreaking. Oh yeah, and I know there were. Uh, now we know, in retrospect, there were sure. a few other people sure. that were happening, like Sylvia Rivera, and of course, but I didn't know about them, and mm -hmm. I feel that uh, these are also real heroes mm -hmm. to me mm -hmm. as, as well. But then I think the gender thing also manifested with, a th there was what was good about punk rock, it also created these opportunities, I think, for women musically mm -hmm. that never happened. Absolutely. So you had X scene from mm -hmm. X, who uh, was a huge, like just I idolized her. Yeah. She was just such an amazing writer yeah. and a force on stage and obviously marched to her own drummer. Oh, absolutely. Poison Ivy of the Cramps. Yeah. Just another one. Yeah. So, so I, I, you know, I didn't, I, I've had people ask me, what movie stars influenced mm -hmm. you? And it's mm -hmm. like, uh, none. None. <laughs> Zero. These musical icons. Yeah. Yeah. Like Xene. Or the slits, uh -huh. British punk rock. Absolutely. So I, I mean, yeah, I think. Uh, so they were pushing the envelope, gender, mm -hmm. girls' school. Mm -hmm. Love them. Mm -hmm. It was just fantastic. That's amazing. And then also there was a guy, part of the British punk rock scene, named Tom Robinson. Okay. Who was an out gay man in the seventies, and I saw him play, mm -hmm. and his. He had a very genderqueer lead guitar player mm -hmm. that I saw probably when I was like 16 or 17. So that was like, you know, all of these things add up. Come together. Where you see there's there is a way for you to live your life. Absolutely. 
And and for you in particular, I mean, you've been such a pioneer. I mean, as I read about in, in your bio, um, being openly out trans and, and doing your music and, and kind of, as you said, like for you, it's the, the DIY kind of punk in your face, political stance and, and the gender is just along with it, which I think is such a beautiful message, especially for younger ones these days as well. They're like stick true to your art, stick true to your message. Um, you know, there's revolution in everything. Um, we're gonna listen to a little more of the fabulous Shauna Virago from Heaven Sent Delinquent, and we'll be right back. This is Trans Station Radio. I'm Jack Strano. doing this yeah I am ready for our family so where do we start <laughs> starting a family is a team effort and when life needs a little encouragement Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side as a unified team of the best fertility specialists guided by the highest ethical standards Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care visit PacificFertilityCenter.com Many nonprofits rely on events to raise money, create space for community gathering, and offer opportunities to network. But how many hours in a day do community leaders have when they're busy changing the world? Imagine your next event, gala, festival, or celebration professionally executed with creative ideas and ideals to match your community service. IDK is the community's trusted event production company. Visit idkevents.com for all your event production needs. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on on Facebook. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. On the Progressive Voices Facebook page, we update the stories that our hosts like Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Bill Press, and Leslie Marshall will be talking about during their shows. And we share great news, commentaries, opinion pieces, and videos from all over the progressive world. Always progressive, always on. Be part of the progressive conversation. Like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices. Welcome back to Trans Station Radio, where art and music go beyond the label. I'm Jackie Strano. Thanks for listening. If you just tuned in, we are talking to the fabulous Shauna Virago on Trans Station Radio, being hosted by the Michelle Miao Show on Progressive Voices. So, um, oh, and I'll do a little business here, you know, for folks listening. You just show that you care. Click like and share for Trans Station Radio and for Michelle Miao Show on michellemiao.com. 
Um, so we'll get back into a little uh, talking about what inspires you, what informs your songwriting, uh, your persona, um, especially your stage persona. Um, I notice <laughs> you giggle, but I notice, you know, you got the sexy going on, Shauna. You got the sex positivity going on. Okay. Um, something near and dear to my heart. Um, describe this. You've got some songs that are just knock you over the head with it, too. I mean, we've uh, got a few songs. Well, uh, Jack, I know your your listeners uh, can't see this, but I've just put on my sunglasses. Very hot. To very channel nice uh, my inner Glenn Danzig. I love it. As I... Uh, Love Danzig, and I love, uh, he's just got it going on, yeah. you know. So uh, I encourage all your listeners to, uh, to, to channel Danzig, and um, that's kind of how you get your sexy going, I think. And that's, I mean, that's one of my tips. Um, love it. Yeah, I don't Glasses know. Glasses are hot, by the way. They're amazing. Thank you. Well, people, lately people have been saying to me, um, you know, you, uh, you remind me a little bit of your Bob Dylan, mm -hmm. and I I've said back to them like, well, uh, I'm not sure who that is, but <laughs> you know, I, I hope he's good looking, because <laughs> I don't know what you're saying to me. <laughs> right. But you're speaking another language. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't really, I don't really think about. I just kind of go up there and perform yeah. in a very um, in heels. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes in heels. But it, it kind of a experiential yeah. way. And um, I think, I feel for me, music is, is, is kind of a self, for me, I, I'm, I appreciate the self-taught aspect of mm -hmm. my music, music that I love. Oh, you're being so humble. You've been voted one of the top 25 hot femmes by The Advocate. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You embrace this? You celebrate this? You Well, you know, it's funny. I get a little giggly about it. I, I saw you were a little shy about it when I mentioned. Uh, well, I mean, I think maybe you have to break it into categories. Okay. Like maybe 15 to 20 and 20 to 30. Okay. You know, I mean, when you're 55, the pool is smaller, mm. first of all. That doesn't mean as much, probably. But deeper. It's when you're like 21. <laughs> but um, yeah, deeper, I guess. But I think that, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, I mean, everyone should try it for a while. Yeah. You know? No, you I mean, you <laughs> you work it. I love, I mean, <laughs> the uh, spirit is sexy. Sexy is spirit. I right mean, on. It's, it's, you know, endless. Uh, and of course, that was hand fed to me by the executive producer, Shar, who's in the studio with us. Um, yeah. Yes, Char. I think Shauna doesn't censor herself. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I don't think I do. No. Yeah. No. And I love the video. I, I was, I, you know, my favorite thing researching for this show has being is has been watching a lot of the videos that you've shot and done. You produce them yourself. How did that come about? Because um, they're beautiful. I mean, one is it taped at the Lost Church. In San Francisco, the one with the lights on the bottom, it right. just looks yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, I just felt I wanted to make a very performance-based music video of yeah. that song to help. I would say that I'm not really a natural self-promoter. 
mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. So I, I have to really think, what are the basic things? Mm-hmm. I, do, I do want people to hear my songs, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful that I feel like that. It, it's this, like, uh, what's her name? Amanda Palmer mm-hmm. gives a TED Talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's well-intentioned, but she makes a mistake. Like, you first have to have a little bit of self-esteem or confidence to do that. Sure. Not everybody does. Sure. And, um, you know, I definitely feel on the, the slow train or the, the struggle with those issues, and I think that's true mm-hmm. for a lot of queers, mm-hmm. even now, even mm-hmm. young queers. And I think you just kind of have to, um, I don't know, I feel grateful that I had some heroes early in life that just seemed to go for it. Just and they're just, just through. like Johnny Rotten. Yeah. So problematic. Yeah, with so m- for so many reasons, but at the same time, so great. Yeah, and just or the Clash. Yeah, Iggy Pop. Oh, Iggy Pop. You know, God I saw Iggy all. Pop yeah. last year. Talk about being authentic. Just yeah. real and just yeah. you know, life is so short. You yeah. just have to go for it, yeah. whatever your thing is. Absolutely. Follow your muse, and I think a lot of people get stuck in and not realizing you are your own territory. Mm-hmm. Just stay in your your zone, stay in your mm-hmm. path. Mm-hmm. That be is the best you can be. That's yeah. your gift. Those are where your gifts are. Absolutely. Don't try to be the next Joan Jett or no. Lucinda no. Williams, right? You know, or or Jack Strano. <laughs> those those heroes, those icons, it. are you know, they're doing their own thing. Learn yeah. from them, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I. Somewhere I know you asked me a question. I just totally lost it. No, I love it. We were talking about you being one of the top 25 hot femmes on The Advocate, and you deflected so humbly to... <laughs> I love it. It's very sweet. Um, but you write, you publish, you do music, you do uh, film uh, film festivals, you make films. Uh, what What drives you? What is the passion in that engine? Well, um, I would, I can't really show the listeners or I'm sitting on it, actually, I guess, if I had to pick where my engine is located. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I see, I mean, I I consider myself a songwriter, Mm -hmm. first and foremost, Mm -hmm. and I've had to, because nobody else seems to want to make a music video. Mm-hmm. Of my songs, I've had I have to do it myself. Mm-hmm. That's where that's come from. Mm-hmm. Um, not having any idea what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. The great thing about music videos is you don't need to ha- hire a sound person. Right. You can go. <laughs> right. ba- you just pl- s- lip sync to your song. It's all visual. And yeah. if you film enough stuff, it'll all come together. You can ha- turn something <laughs> out. It's really true. And uh, but I feel. Uh, Songwriting is, I, I have, I, I guess that's my artistic identity. Mm-hmm. And th- it's uh, interesting, like I know Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. who people keep mentioning to me, this <laughs> guy, but I read, I'm just Googling him recently. Well, is it because, like, the folk thing? I mean, you s- you call your music sometimes anti-folk. What, is, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, I'm not the only one. There are, yeah. it's a... Uh, what does it mean to you? It's a rising tide of, mm-hmm. of people. What I seem to have been embraced by some people who are self-identified anti-folk people. Mm-hmm. I think um, 
supposedly I've been called the avowed enemy of Mumford and Sons. <laughs> and someone has to be. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like I have nothing against them. Uh-huh. Who's Mumford? I have I don't like Mumford. <laughs> and who are the His sons? sons are fine. You know? <laughs> right. But I feel that they remind me of so many of the bands I couldn't stand when I was young. Yeah. It's like you've spent too much time working on your scales. Yeah. And yeah. not enough time on your content. Yeah. But to each their own. Some people love sure. that. Some people love a jam band. But, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I've been forced to endure the Grateful Dead on a couple occasions when I was younger. <laughs> and I remember... Um, Fleeing. I was one of the few people there. Somebody brought me to... Yeah. Try to convince me in leather. I was like maybe the only person in leather <laughs> with 30,000 white people, many of them with dreadlocks, <laughs> kicking hacky sacks around. Oh, and it makes I, me itch thinking about it. I remember a guy coming up to me with all in tie dye, and he looked at me and he went, Bummer. Whoa. And I thought, That's A2, how, Brute. I'm like, That's how I feel about this band. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't so much peace and love getting chased out of there by uh, Going 18. White dreadlocked hippies. It just going to the Grateful Dead. Yeah, in, it was horrible. In leather. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I just feel that um, anti folk to me is just or folk punk is kind of if you strap on a, a a guitar, mostly acoustic, doesn't have to be that you are not you're concerned about your song yeah. and you're concerned about communicating yeah. something that is important to you, to other people, mm -hmm. versus it being about ripping off all these dead bluegrass guys mm -hmm. who could play better than you anyways. Right. And right. it's like, if I want to hear those same licks, I'll put on the original, the original like Blue Mountain Boys or mm -hmm. Bill Monroe. Mm -hmm. That's who I'll listen to. And I'm like, oh, gee, Mumford and Sons. <laughs> Poor Mumford and Sons. I know, and I, you You're know what? Beat uh, them up so bad. Here's the truth. I yeah. know some, like I always say, I've never done anything really bad, like karmically. Uh huh. But I've done. I just keep doing these like little naughty things. Uh huh. And I feel if anyone in this world had a right to attack me, like in a dark alley, uh huh, it'd probably be Mumford and Sons. Okay. Because I've I have talked I've talked trash about them. For a long chasing time, chasing with a mandolin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that, and it's like, you know, there's space for them in our universe. <laughs> right. It really is. Just stay in your lane, Mumford. Mumford, <laughs> poor little Mumford. I don't even remember the song. There was a big song they did. It was big. I don't, you know. Yeah, it, it, it was all jing a jang, jing 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 jangle, but uh, yeah, all hail Mumford. Go away. Stay in your own lane. Um, so. How do people find this amazing album, this this mm -hmm. personal, uh, it's not confessional per se, but it's very revelatory. It, it you know resonates so deeply on so many levels. Um, I loved it. I love listening to it. Heaven Sent Delinquent, Shauna Virago. How do people find this? Uh, when, how do they find you? Um, they can go to my website. Okay, shaunavirago.com. Uh, so happy to be here. This is Jack Strano on the mic, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Transstation Radio. 
thank you for creating our community and joining in this journey with us. Don't forget to invite your friends. We're happy to be hosted on Progressive Voices.